This week on Erotic Awakening, Sensual Humiliation. Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Dawn. <laughs> Did I catch you drinking? <laughs> yes. Hi, Dan. <laughs> Hi, Dawn. Mm. Hi, Dan. Um, well, back from, back from St. Louis. Back from St. Louis. That was our first time attending Beat Me in St. Louis, and what a fantastic event that was. I think you used the word elegant. I like the word elegant. That describes it well. The hotel, the event, the people, the whole energy of it. If you've been to any of these big events, um, you'll realize that sometimes it can be hard to figure out what's going on or where something is happening or what time something kicks off, all that kind of stuff that comes along with scheduling a really large event like this. And one of the things about Beat Me in St. Louis is they just did a wonderful job of always having a schedule accessible. Everything was well marked. You knew where everything was. And there was always plenty of staff people running around asking you how things were going, if you needed anything. Um, so just from, from that perspective, that really allowed you to just relax and enjoy the event. And, and it was just, just a great event. It had a wonderful lineup of speakers, some really interesting people that uh, – that we haven't seen before, and that's really great for us, especially as we travel a fair amount. And then you had some of the um, the popular speakers as well. So, so and love the hotel. The hotel was gorgeous. The rooms were great. The staff was great. Um, they actually had a security person from the hotel, you know, checking IDs before we went into the section of the hotel where the event was, and he was very charming. He was. He was. Um, we have a couple of interviews from Beat Me in St. Louis coming in the next couple of podcasts. Uh, for today, though, today we have the book review by Lady Di. She looked at Forked Tongue by Flag, who we interviewed in our last podcast. Uh, she gave a really in-depth, well-handled review, uh, and she'll leave you knowing if, if this is a book that you want to run out and buy or if something that you might want to pass on. Sounds good. I think she did a great job. I think so as well. And also on the show today we have Dan and Dawn. That's you and me. That's me and you. It is, it is. <laughs> uh, some people who are listening to our podcast may not realize that the reason we go to all these events and we get to explore all this stuff is that you and I do a fair amount of presenting. We hit about 12 events ourselves a year uh, between the big events and smaller local run event groups. And uh, one of our presentations is a presentation called Sensual Humiliation. And we'll be talking about what that is today as well. Great. Looking forward to it. We should probably mention that there's uh, about a two or three or 50 ways that people can contact us. <laughs> Real quick, let's run through those. We have Erotic Awakening 
at bluecatservices.org. And uh, also from our uh, website, bluecatservices.org, you can hit the contact form. That's probably one of the easiest ways to get a hold of us. You can contact us by phone, well, actually by voicemail, and the number is 206 309 And, of course, we've caught the Twitter bug like everyone else, and you can follow us on, as Dan and Dawn on Twitter. Or, for those on FetLife, we have a group called Erotic Awakening. There you go. So one of the classes that we've been teaching lately, one of our favorite classes to teach, has been sensual humiliation. And last week when we talked to Flag, he talked about erotic humiliation as a type of play. And we take a different tone where we discuss sensual humiliation. Uh, though let's start off by, let's talk a little bit about the difference between humiliation as, a lot of people see humiliation as a bad thing. Um, so some use it as a way of um, tearing somebody down and uh, the degradation and, you know, stripping away who they are or poking at things that make someone feel really bad about themselves. And that's just not what we're doing with sensual humiliation. Right. Normally when we talk about humiliation in the in the normal world, you think about, oh, I got in trouble at work and my boss caught me making a mistake and I felt really humiliated or somebody called me a bad word in front of all my peers and that was very humiliating. When we talk about sensual humiliation or humiliation play in the in the BDSM realm, its intent is not to end up with someone feeling bad, but instead for them to take a journey, instead for them to be able to see something deeper about themselves and and in our sensual humiliation a lot of it's about getting to the point of accepting things about yourselves and we use humiliation as a tool to get there so it's about the sensual humiliation that we do is about getting to the point where we can release that inner slut by using humiliation exactly and we make the distinction in the presentation that a lot of people do humiliation play a lot more what we'll call hardcore. And I think when we talk to Flag, he uses more of a hardcore approach, the more using humiliation as a battering ram versus what we do, as you were saying, is using it to assist in just letting that out aspects of ourselves that we might on the surface consider humiliating, but things that we want to tap into and, and doing it as a partnership. So, and that's one of the things, is knowing the person that you're playing with. So doing it as a partnership. So that'll make a big difference. We started off pretty slow. Uh, and, and really, it, it, this is the kind of play for people that maybe in your fantasies, your partner calls you a slut and says you're a nasty little whore while they're fucking you. And make you beg to come and tell you how juicy and wet you are. And that's fine in your fantasy, but you'd never share that out loud. That's the kind of thing that's, you know, we say, really we shouldn't even be fantasizing about. That would be the, the dirty sex, the naughty sex. And we use sensual humiliation as a tool to allow ourselves to accept dirty and naughty sex as being an acceptable part of who we are. We talk a lot about, you know, what is good sex versus bad sex and 
you know, anything that involves consenting adults where there's honesty in the negotiation is good sex. You know, it, it's just a matter of reprogramming yourself a little bit. Again, we, we, you know, one of the words, the word slut is a great one to start with. Is, you know, that's one that we started off with that was a very negative connotation to it. And that's one that we've decided is going to be a good word for it. So it's going to say we embrace our sexuality. We are sluts. And at this point, you know, it's a lot of fun to be able to say, oh, yes, I'm, I'm a slut. Hi, how are you? Are you a slut? I'm a slut. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Pleasure to meet you. And, of course, we, like many people, we started with the, uh, this concept around a book by Dossie Easton and Janet Harding called The Ethical Slut. And if you haven't read that, that'll give you a good foundation for slut play. So, or just being a slut in your everyday life. So it's a great read. So we, we talk about sensual humiliation, and that's one where um, we've led each other down this path of very similar to what I was describing earlier. In your, in your fantasy, for example, you might, oh, I, this man makes me so hot that he makes me pick up a, a soda bottle and fuck myself with it for his pleasure. And to get that out of this secret fantasy that we have into something that we're sharing with each other. And, you know, and then you start off with the idea of looking at each other and saying, is that okay? Is that really, is that too much? And the other person's like, oh, I guess it's okay. Is it okay for you? Oh, it's okay for me. Um, and so really, you know, getting to the point of really saying, yes, it really is okay. As a matter of fact, it's actually hot. One of the nice things when you're just negotiating this sensual humiliation stuff, and if your partner is a little unsure of how you're responding to it, I like to take my... My partner's hand, I like to take Dawn's hand and put it on my crotch and say, feel that hard on? That means I like it. <laughs> when I ask, am I being too slutty or is that idea a little too slutty for you? Uh, that's usually the response is he'll grab my hand and put it where it goes and I see his response. So, The fun part about it is just, just that getting started. A lot of people get started during other kinds of play. They'll whisper naughty things to each other. Um, I mean, and it's easy to whisper naughty things to each other if you're already turned on. If we're already in the act of fucking and me to whisper, oh, and um, love to see you suck another man's cock while I'm giving it to you from behind. You know, it's easy to, um, it's easier to do that mm -hmm. during sex because you're already aroused and you're a little more vulnerable to each other. The tricky bit is sitting across from each other during at the coffee table the next morning, you know. Um, saying, did you really mean that when we were talking about it last night? You know, is that something that really turns you on? And um, is it something that we want to make happen? Exactly. One of the things that we started off with was something as simple as, you know, I'm going to make you... Um, display yourself in a group of strangers and apparently and this was a long time ago so <laughs> we've gone this is the beginning stages this of... was back when we had trouble with I'm, I'm watching the dog with his little leg stuck in our microphone Elsie <gasps> what are you doing <laughs> you're gonna get worse so, where'd we leave off? <laughs> <laughs> 
we're back from our break. Yes. Uh, so once you've once you've made this decision to pursue a little sensual humiliation with your partner, and it is a decision. Don't just whip it out one day. You know, don't just say in the middle of um, a sweet love-making session. Don't suddenly suggest bark for it. Bark like a dog, you whore. Uh, you may not get the response you're looking for if you haven't figured out what someone's trigger words may be. Yeah. So we we want to talk a little bit beforehand. This is not something you're just going to suddenly come up with, but it's something that you guys, you and your partner, are going to negotiate. Now, there's questions on how much you're going to negotiate. You know, you right. might say we want to ex we want to explore some sensual humiliation, and I know you well enough to know that. If I make you beg to come, that that's going to be hot for you. Or I get a good feel that it's going to be hot for you. Right. You don't want to negotiate it to death or anything. But you want to get a good feel as to what will turn on your partner. So, I mean, there's a lot of words that we've uh, empowered, you know, words that used to be the bad sort of humiliation. And we've taken those and become empowered by them. So those would be great words to use. But there still might be a couple words that are trigger words that are going to turn your scene sour. I, exactly. We, we have a friend who um, you can call her a, a silly little slut and a cunt and a whore and every other word under the sun. And she'll just be turned on by that. Uh, but if you use the F word fat, yes. <laughs> then suddenly all hell breaks loose. Um, we know someone else, you know, their, their word, again, they like all these words, and but they don't like the word bitch. They think that it's a it's an anti-feminist sort of word. So you want to know your partner well enough if you're going to include language like that. And you also want to know, you know, want them to know that this is something that you're doing together. As Don mentioned before, you know, one of the, the things that happens after you engage in humiliation play is you might end up thinking, you know, was that really such a good idea? Was that too slutty to perceive me differently than you did before? Right. And it's important to be there for your partner and to make sure that they understand no, everything's fine. Everything's the same as it was before. We engaged in a little eroticism and we did or we didn't like it. You know, being able to have that honest communication with each other. And, and one of the things that we found out was that the very act of being humiliated was a turn on. So it makes this really neat cycle, you know, where you say to your partner, you know, I'm going to, make you beg for sex, you know, make you beg like a slut, make you beg on your hands and knees and beg for my cock to be in your mouth. And then you play with their pussy. And of course, obviously, that's a male-female version, but it works in any kind of, any other version. You play with their, their, your partner's pussy or their cock and you say, oh, you're getting wet, you're getting hard. You really like this humiliation stuff, don't you? And that's slutty. That's very humiliating in itself. And it becomes a really neat cycle where the more you humiliate your partner, and then you include pointing out that they enjoy being humiliated. It makes this really neat cycle that just keeps getting uh, more deeper and deeper, turning them on. Um, I guess, and then one more thing I want to mention about when you when you engage in sensual humiliation. You know, first off, you want to start off by having a you know significant a time 
discussing with your partner where you're where you want to go with this and that you do want to go somewhere with it but there's also a different kind of an aftercare that we like to talk about after you're done with a nice sensual humiliation scene and you wake up the next day and you get all cleaned up mm-hmm. make sure you go out and do normal things go grocery shopping drink coffee over the newspaper all those kind of normal things you do in your day-to-day life and what we want to do is reestablish that we as human beings have not changed yes last night you might have tied me up and made me bark like a dog before you would let me come and you let mentioned your... other people's names while and you being made me fucked and... <laughs> and you made me beg for cock even though I'm a heterosexual to engage in some humiliation play with me and and after all that you want to make sure that you spend some time together and make sure that you reestablish we haven't changed we're the same people we are still in the same relationship that we've engaged in some pretty erotic stuff Right, and this is um, not just a physical scene. It is a mental and emotional scene. So it just needs a little more grounding when it comes to um, the emotions and the connection part. So it's not just about being wrapped up in a blanket and making sure that I've eaten chocolate like after a physical scene. So it may take a little more time just to make sure things are balanced afterwards. And and the payoff to all this is that where we start off with these secret little fantasies that we think are too too deviant to ever see the light of day. Mm-hmm. Too they, slutty. Too slutty and too naughty. These fantasies go from being something we hide within ourselves to something we become vulnerable enough to share openly with ourselves and then share with our partner. And when our partner says, I, I hear your fantasy and that one turns me on and this one not so much. And say, oh, that one does turn you on. Well, let's talk about it. And then you may make the decision to go and actually act on it. And the payoff becomes that these things that we think, oh, well, I would like that, but that's never really going to happen, becomes something that with your, you, you actually plan and make happen. The beautiful thing for me at this point in my life, and I don't have any unfulfilled fantasies that are, you know, just never going to happen. I have things that, I've had wonderful fantasies come to life. I've had wonderful things that I've shared with my wonderful co-host that I have decided, you know what, I don't really want to do that after all. It was nice, it was neat to talk about, neat to explore, but nothing that I'm really that interested in. Um, And when new things come up, we don't go through the whole secret part anymore. It's very easy for us, now that we've become vulnerable with each other and accept each other, and it's very easy for us to be able to say, hey, I just came across this, this new thing. You know, hey, let's talk about that. Or, or I'm in touch with myself enough to know that's not my thing. That's not what I'm interested in right now. So, mm-hmm. so great stuff. That is sensual humiliation in a, in a very small nutshell. I think we did that in about 10 or 15 minutes. The actual uh, presentation goes uh, 90 minutes. And once the audience gets participating, it keeps going. and It could keep going um, far beyond that. So, so there's the 
the Reader's Digest the version. version. Although <laughs> I doubt we'll ever get in Reader's Digest. I doubt it as well. <laughs> Greetings, everyone. Um, welcome to our second uh, book review installment um, on Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn. I am Lady Di, and um, today's book review uh, is on a new book um, that is going to be hitting store shelves here relatively soon. Um, it's called The Forked Tongue, a handbook for treating people badly uh, by Flag who is a long-term member of uh, TESS and several other uh, national BDSM organizations. Um, I uh, had the pleasure of reading the new work um, here over the last week and just wanted to give you guys some feedback um, about my impressions of the book and, and uh, just you know, some helpful information for everybody to, to get out there and start exploring on their own. Um, the first thing that I want to say is, you know, the book's pretty brief. It's 120 some pages um, in the in the format that it's in, but there's a, there's a lot of information there. And this is not a book for the BDSM 101 set, um, which the author himself attests to very clearly at the start of the book. Um, for me, as a player with about a decade of experience under her belt. This was a very refreshing and welcome change, particularly as the whole book is focused on the mental and emotional play, realm, play realms of what I'm going to term psycho play, um, which I don't think that this aspect of, of play is addressed nearly enough in any BDSM nonfiction um, that, we're, that we're seeing normally hitting the shelves. It's, it's definitely not a book for the beginner player. It's definitely not a book for um, only the physical player. So if, if your, your pension is mainly impact play or canes or flogging and, and really physical sensation play, then this is probably not the book for you. Um, but if you are interested in you know objectification, humiliation, mindfuck play, interrogation, anything that's really about delving into the particular psyche and, and getting in there and using that as a tool to expand your own, you know, BDSM consciousness and then this this is a this is I think a really a, a good place to start. Um, I will say <laughs> that I was pretty turned off by the introduction and the author's notes. Um, Flag comes across pretty overbearing, a little too intense for his own good, and I would say pretty alienating to a significant population of the players that you know he may be trying to reach with what is essentially um, a very needed work and, and a pretty underutilized discussion. But if you can get through the through the the foreword and the introduction, there's a lot of good material there. Um, this is not an SSC book, or I would argue even a rack book. Um, so for all of you that are concerned about safety and consent, this is not <laughs> this is not your this is not your text. Um, each of the seven chapters addresses a fundamental precept of psychoplay, um, which, with the exception of the first the first chapter, in which Flag defines his terms and advocates for the quote unquote structure, um, where he alludes to the remaining chapters. Um, this is a book by a dominant for dominance. Um, it's clearly not targeted at subs or slaves. And personally, I would not be giving this to my submissive or slave as I would not want them to have the nitty gritty on all the nasty things I was about to do to them. Um, but a book by Dom's for, you know, by a Dom for Dom, 
you know, really stands, it, it does stand pretty strongly in that regard. It's pretty concise. Um, the first chapter on protocols is, um, and, and the structure that he alludes to, I think sets a good background. But um, chapter two, which is on, which is on hypno fetish and hypnotism, really, really disappointed me. I think he does himself a great disservice by leading with the chapter right out of the gate. Um, it's not very sussed out. It offers only general guidelines on this particular type of play. Um, and I found it a little bit confusing that he'd lead with what is arguably the most controversial form of psychoplay, particularly when I discovered how much the chapter act lacked in actual substance. Um, I personally was left more confused at the end of the chapter than I was at the beginning, and I found neither clarity or inspiration in what he had to say in that. So if you're looking specifically on hypnofetish, I would not recommend chapter two. <laughs> um, find, find another work, you know, do some, do some more research into hypnofetish, which is pretty controversial in its own right, but I just didn't feel like there was really any meat to this chapter. The following chapter, chapter three, which is the mindfuck chapter, totally redeemed chapter two and then some. Um, personally, I would have probably led um, with that chapter if I was writing the book. It's the most cogent and well fleshed out of the entire book. And it's really where I think um, I would have liked to have seen the rest of the book written along that vein. Um, it's extremely thorough. It really left me wanting to start ordering supplies and conjuring up just a million different ways um, in which to, to start a really amazing mindfuck scene um, with a sub or, or, or a slave. Um, chapter four on humiliation. I think is another very strong chapter. Flag identifies the, the very personal and specific nature of humiliation play right away. Um, and I think he's correct to do that. There's a lot of discussion about looking for common threads and, and erotic themes, um, looking for the recurrent fantasy material in a submissive's mental processing. He places a lot of stress on paying attention to subtext and context to determine the most effective um, possible means um, of, of reaching the submissive on the part of the dominant. And there's a, a good differentiation between humiliation, degradation, and objectification play, which personally I don't think are delineated enough in a lot of SM texts, so I was really glad to see that. Um, there's also a pretty thorough discussion of the avoidance of minefields, and if you're seeing just going completely awry, he offers a lot of really great tips on how to sort of prevent disaster in your mindfuck or objectification or humiliation scene. Um, you know, at, at times the book comes off very theory only and it's hard to kind of make the leap from the mental aspects that he's talking about to a point where you could really see this as, as, as happening in real life, but this chapter kind of makes it more palatable and accessible. Um, which I think is really, you know, people are going to be wanting at the end of, at the end of that chapter. Chapter five and chapter six are on um, conditioning, especially over the long term, and interrogation. And chapter five on conditioning um, tries to facilitate the permanent or semi-permanent effect of the previous chapters, you know, in, in what I guess we would call, you know, slave training um, and, and training on an ongoing basis. Flag highlights things like orgasm control, positive versus negative conditioning, um, physical and mental reflexes, you know, which are all tools that can be used to enhance the conditioning experience or to achieve a deeper level of conditioning of a slave faster. 
this is mental manipulation front and center, um, which I think is pretty serves as a pretty as a pretty perfect component to facilitate and cement this psycho play that we've been talking about the whole book. Um, chapter six on interrogation. Again, I felt a lot about that as I did about chapter three. Very thorough. Um, kind of taken in conjunction with the mindfuck chapter could really create some dynamic stuff. Um, it, it's and there's a lot of different examples. I mean, numerous very doable examples of how to create an amazing mindfuck um, or an amazing interrogation scene. I I will say that you know in general. The book is not, you know, this is not a this is not a book for people seeking to do a one-off scene in a dungeon, or um, whether it's at a, a private play party or a, a large public party or an event. Um, I think that the techniques that he talks about are really things that should be undertaken only in a long-term DS relationship where both parties know each other very well, which is something that that to his credit, Flag stresses throughout the whole book. Um, or in a situation in which you have people who really, really know each other. I mean, you've got to know your partner for these techniques regardless of the DS status. And he talks about that a little bit also in Edge Play, which is, which is the, the final chapter, chapter 7. Um, I like Flagg's definition of Edge Play here, which I won't spoil it, go read the book. Um, but it is certainly more than just the standard, you know, knives, needles, cutting, fire sort of, of demarcation of Edge Play. This book is primarily focused on fucking the mind, not the body, which I think is is really what sets this book apart from a lot of other texts on the market. You know, if the body gets fucked along with the mind, that's great, that's wonderful, but the emphasis is certainly on the, the mental aspect. Um, and and again, you know, this is this is chiefly a work for those dominants who are interested in probing that most luscious of tissue, which we can't ever see a physical bruise or a mark on, you know, the brain. And I, I got to give Flag some major props for willing to be able to, to tackle what is a pretty um, inscrutable topic in a lot of ways. The afterward, like the um, like the the uh, forward didn't, you know, kind of chilled my ardor for the rest of the book a little bit. Um, it, it, I kind of saw it as a, uh, an unintentional, maybe intentional sort of fuck you <laughs> to the majority of, of the modern BDSM community, or at least those people who are proponents of SSC or even RAC. Um, at times reading the afterward, I was sort of like, is this work supposed to be memoir or you know, DS nonfiction. I mean, what, there's like a lot of context and subtext for Flag's own personal history that I don't know is really all that applicable to the actual main body of the work. Um, but, you know, in summary, I, I really liked the book. I thought it was an enjoyable read. It is not a piece of, um, you know, DDS pabulum. I mean, it's, it's really not your BDSM one. It's like graduate level. <laughs> BDSM, it's it's not elementary school, it's not even high school. You know, you're you're really at a higher ed level with a lot of the material in here. Um, it's not a finished product or a roadmap um, to you know straight to from point A to point B in your scene. Um, this is a book for hardcore DS players, primarily interested in long-term DS relationships of a variety of ilk um, who can invest the time, energy, and resources needed to make the strategies a success. And I think that if you're, you know, you're interested in 
in, in the psycho play, in the mind play, in, within a long-term, you know, intense BDSM context, and this is a great read, um, and, and you should pick it up. So, um, you know, once again, Fork Tongue by Flag, um, the review, uh, I'm sorry, the interview with the author is on another, uh, another of the Erotic Awakening podcasts in a previous edition, so check it out. Um, thank you for, for tuning in, and I will be back in a couple of weeks with, uh, with yet another review. Um, on uh, Erotic Awakenings. Coming up next week, we have erotic educator and performance artist Lee Harrington. Bye, Don. Bye, Dan. Do you have a podcast, event, book, or product you'd like to promote on Erotic Awakening? We'll be happy to help spread the word. Toss us an email at eroticawakening at bluecatservices.org. Music heard on Erotic Awakening, Free by White Knight, Strawberry Jam by Jerry Bradley, and Wanda by 31D1 is provided from the Podshow Podsafe Network. More information can be found at music.podshow.com. Dot com.